Good morning and welcome back, listeners. It's a very special day for you Mexican food connoisseurs out there because today is not only Taco Tuesday, but it's also Cinco de Mayo. So whether you prefer corn or flour, steak or chicken or whatever it might be, make sure to go celebrate and indulge to your heart's content. But before we start setting up tonight's dinner plans, let's make sure to get you caught up on today's news. That said, I am your co-host, Darian Phillips, and I am once again joined by Simran Sandu. And you are listening to today's episode of The 5 Minute Drill, brought to you by F5 Media. Up first, we've got some news about what's going on out in the West Coast. So, Simi, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Yeah, I'd love to, Darian. So, to start off, California has officially become the first state to borrow from federal funds to pay for jobless benefits claims. Right now, they've taken on $348 million in debt, but they have received approval to extend it to up to $10 billion, according to the Wall Street Journal. And I think it's fair to say that we're going to see some other states take a similar approach as we're seeing jobless benefits claims grow by millions every week. And California isn't the only one looking for some extra cash right now. Actually, the Treasury Department just announced its plan to borrow roughly $3 trillion this quarter to subsidize economic rescue efforts. And what's more troubling is that they anticipate they will need another $667 billion in the third quarter. And as demand for additional capital rises, so does the number of coronavirus-related deaths. The global death toll has officially surpassed 250,000, and actually an internal Trump administration analysis projects 3,000 deaths per day by early June. Well, the good news is the World Health Organization isn't holding a grudge against the U.S. even after the Trump administration denied funding to the organization. Rather, the WHO intends to speak with the U.S. government and Gilead Sciences on how the antiviral drug remdesivir could be made more widely available to treat coronavirus patients. And this is actually a good time to bring up the FDA. They're setting new standards for what kind of COVID-19 antibody tests are allowed to be on the market. Recently, there's been a lot of fraud as at least 160 antibody tests for COVID-19 entered the U.S. without prior examination. Thankfully, now tests will need to have an accuracy rate of 90% or higher in order to be approved. Well, the FDA hasn't been the only institution cracking down on regulations recently. The SEC just increased its reward offerings to whistleblowers after years of complaints that they have been undercompensated for their high-risk efforts. The institution has awarded more this fiscal year than they ever have before outside of 2018, with their most recent reward being nearly $2 million. In transitioning over to markets, we saw yesterday that the Dow Jones and the S&P 500 marked small gains to start the week, while the Nasdaq jumped 120 basis points due to strong performance from big tech stocks. However, airlines took a hit as all major legacy carriers fell more than 5% yesterday due to Warren Buffett's recent announcement. On the other hand, crude oil is around $21 a barrel, while U.S. Treasury yields are around 64 basis points. And some of the most recent news in the M&A world comes from a deal between L Brands and Sycamore. Last month, the two companies traded lawsuits after the private equity firm sought to break a deal promising to take Victoria's Secret public. And on Monday, the two agreed to walk away and end the litigation. L Brands commented on the matter and said they needed to focus more on mitigating this crisis rather than worrying about litigations. And as we talk about struggling companies, J. Crew, the large specialty retail company, has just filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy after losing hundreds of millions of dollars in sales due to COVID-19. And before we wrap things up today, I wanted to take a quick look at Zillow's recent forecast for the real estate market. In particular, the company claimed that house prices will fall by roughly 2 to 3% this year and predicted that home sales will decline by nearly 50 to 60%, eventually bottoming out by the end of the spring. 
So if any of our listeners are thinking about buying a home, this year sounds like a great year to do it. But anyways, that concludes today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we look forward to seeing you bright and early Wednesday morning on our journey to redefine how you experience news.